Let's go to our Bibles in Ephesians chapter 6 and just a few words from chapter 9, uh, verse 19. <clears throat> and Paul's opened up the thought on prayer, defeating the enemy through prayer, describing the enemy in verses 11 to 17, now defeating the enemy, 18 to 20, and through prayer, warring in prayer, watching, watching in prayer. So do you remember what that word means from last week? Watching. Sleep, sleep, lying sleepless. So um, if you've done that this week, did you get to pray? Lying, lying sleepless. That's Brother McConnell, that's a good one there. <laughs> He's, uh, has trouble getting those few hours each night, isn't it? And uh, it happens. And so we can use the time wisely. Um, <clears throat> watching unto prayer. And now witnessing, verses 19 to 20, as Paul continued his prayer for witnessing. So we can war in that we witness, as it were, enemy's territory. <laughs> we need to go into the enemy's territory where he has souls of men and women under his control, in his grip, and he doesn't want to let one of them go. He fights to the bitter end for every soul to take to hell. Just think of that. This is how evil-hearted the devil is. He just wants to drag souls to hell with him forever. What a sort of being. And that we were his children before we got saved. And now we're not. I pray that we're saved. <laughs> so, <clears throat> pray for a brother's boldness in sharing the gospel is what he's asking for here. And for me, he said. Uh, who? Paul? Do we really need to pray for Paul? I mean, did they really need to pray for Paul? Look at how outspoken he was. Look how uh, much he knew from the Old Testament and the training he'd got from young days. Look how uh, vivacious he was, how, how violent he was toward Christians. Do you really need to pray for a man like that? He's got everything going there. Yes, we do. <laughs> because unless God works... It's all of the flesh. And so he, he recognised that. He said, and for me, that utterance. And we need to pray for the preacher. Pray for the Sunday school teachers. Pray for those presenting the word of God. They need that. And it is, I believe, I can sense when people haven't prayed. And I certainly can sense when people have prayed for the preaching of the word. And the, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit there during them times. So... <clears throat> Pray, our prayer shortens distances. Paul's readers were scattered throughout Asia Minor over a broad area. Paul was in prison in Rome. He didn't need the internet. He didn't need the phone. He didn't need Facebook or Twitter. Because, and no Christian does in, in the sense that we can pray for people way over there and way over there and way over there and God hears that prayer and can answer that prayer from here. See, he, he is better than all the man-made things in that he knows the needs. Even before we ask, and he's on the way to answer them before we ask, 
waiting for us really to, to pray them. We can pray for those near and far away. And we can smite the enemy through our earnest, fervent and effectual prayer at any time of the day, all the time of the day, any time, any place and anybody I put down there. So prayer shortens distances in that. We can pray for those that are like the Mackays where they are. (laughs) Out of communication, just contact at a certain time, certain day of the week to make contact for their needs. To, to back to Hoskins, isn't where they got their, the central uh, organising thing. But they're, they're there, but we can pray for them. And as he sends prayer letters like he did two within a week, there's some, he's asking for earnest prayer for those people that with the TB there. Pray for them. Um, prayer suppresses dread as well. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth. Uh, how do you put it? <laughs> that I may yeah, open my mouth <laughs> boldly. And we'll look at the boldly bit last next week. But prayer suppresses dread. Paul chained to a guard, charged with treason, contemplating standing before the powerhouse of the world. This is like, <laughs> I don't know, going before Mr. Trump and being charged with you know how he does it fired fired <laughs> or however he does it he's he has that and i think people are fearful of their jobs and uh you perform better that way don't they when, when they're on their toes instead of uh complacent in their jobs but paul was going as a prisoner and he was going to be tried by the top man of the world in worldly sense and so he had reason to fear and to dread at times. And you think, oh, well, not, no, not Paul. He, he's okay. But he did. You know, why did the Lord turn up to him one night in prison and say, look, I've got a lot of people, was it in Corinth, where he's going to go, don't worry, your life's going to be preserved. Just be faithful. I'm with you. You know, why did the Lord do that? Because he knew Paul needed that, needed that encouragement to do that. Let's look at a couple of verses just to think of the dread that can come. And Paul talked about it. And I think he experienced these thoughts on the, on the road to the next town, the dread, what might happen, all the things that could happen. And when he got to the town, what, how are the Jews going to treat me when I get there? Because of all the, the ways they treated him in other towns where he went to witness. And he said <clears throat> that he might have the boldness to preach the word. And here he said to Timothy, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. When you feel like it and when you don't feel like it, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine so that utterance might be given to him, that he might preach the word. Wouldn't that be a good prayer for all of us, that utterance? You know, it, it might be an old term, but we need to utter the word of God. If there's no seed sown, nothing's going to grow. We need to utter the word of God to those that are, we're around. And he's telling young Timothy to do that, preach. Titus, just over in chapter 2 and verse 15. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. So speak up the truth of the word of God. Utter the word of God. Hey, faith cometh by? Hearing. Hearing. Hearing by the word of God. 
Somebody has to give the utterance. Somebody has to say the word. Somebody has to share the word <coughs> with people that you're around. First um, Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. I was going to say same one. Now it says verse 2. Chapter 4, second, this is First Timothy. First Timothy 4. And verse 12. <coughs> Let no man despise thy youth. You see, when you're younger, you can tend to say, well, they're older, they've been around a bit, they've had experience, and, and they'll just put me down. If I say something, if I open my mouth, I'll insert my foot, and uh, then it's all over. Ah, let no man despise thy youth. If you know the truth, have believed the truth, you've got the boldness that Paul's talking about here to these young men. But be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So, you've got something they haven't got. You have the Holy Spirit. You've got the Word of God as a Christian. Prayer, Paul is praying that they pray for him that utterance might be given unto him. Let's go to the Old Testament. Old Testament, Jeremiah. And all of these prophets were human. The, these people had these uh, thoughts too. What if, I, if I open my mouth, I'm going to be in big trouble here. If I say something, they'll accuse me of being guilty. And, and today, with the laws that have been passed in our country, we might fear that too. You know, when they were talking about all this, uh, changing the laws, and a lot of pastors were sharing things, you know, what's going to happen next? Are we all going to be put in jail? Well, that's the dread of... The fear of man, and the fear of man, according to Proverbs, brings a snare. Here it reads, be not afraid, this is Jeremiah, be not afraid of their faces. Chapter 1, verse 8, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And how many friends did Jeremiah have in his day? None. No, he might have had a, an Ezekiel, but he couldn't find him up. He might have had a Daniel, but he was too far away. <laughs> he might have had Chadrach and a Meshach and a, and a Bendigo, their, their other name. But, but he couldn't contact them. He was alone. Because remember, the angel was appointed to go around and see how many righteous, and they couldn't find any in the city. But there were a few people that had pity on Jeremiah at times. God moved their hearts to do so. But here, don't be afraid of their faces. If your person has respect of authority, and we should have, sometimes we, you know, we put them up there and we're, well, they're untouchable, we can't talk to them. But the leaders of our country are just humans. <laughs> and if they're not Christians, they're humans with big problems. And, and, and we, we have an answer for them. And we can go and ask them, you know, do you want me to pray for you, baby? Well, <laughs> haven't had that asked before. And uh, we can, don't, don't be afraid of the faces of, they're just people. Have that boldness, but not brashness, as we approach people. Verse 17 of the same chapter of Jeremiah, we read, Thou therefore gird up the loins, and arise, and speak unto them, All that I command thee, be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. That's an interesting thought. He went out to, and if you're afraid of them, you'll be confounded, and you'll be tongue-tied, and, and twisted up, as it were, in knots in your stomach lest I confound thee before them. And 
and uh, you don't get out the message you wish. Chapter 20 of the same book of Jeremiah and verse 7 through to 11. 20, Jeremiah 27, 20 verse 7. O oh Lord, <clears throat> thou hast deceived me. This is later on. And Jeremiah saying this, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. For since I spoke, I cried out, I cried violence. And remember what it ha- in the first chapter? Don't be afraid of their faces. Go out and do it. He'd done it. And this is the reaction he got from them. <clears throat> I cried violence and spoil because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. Everything he was saying was against what the people were doing. And so everybody was against poor old Jeremiah and the word of the Lord that was going forth. Then I said, I'll solve the problem. <laughs> I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. I had to speak. <laughs> For I heard the defaming of many on every side. Report, say they, and I, we will report it. And my familiar friends, watch for my halting or falling. Peradventure he will be enticed, said they, and we shall prevail against him. And he knew they were on his case. He knew that they were putting him in. And we could go to Ezekiel, but we won't there it's mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 5 to 9. Very similar thoughts as what Jeremiah had about that. We ought not to fear people. Paul prayed that the, peop- the people that knew him, his Christian friends, would pray for him, that he would have utterance and not fear before the faces of men. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 3. <clears throat> It's written there. For uh, and I was with you in weakness. Who's, who's this, Paul? <laughs> I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Outwardly, it didn't seem like that to the Corinthians. They thought he was. <laughs> he, he's, he, he's bold in his words, but he's frail amongst us. And here, Paul said that. Can you imagine going into a town that never heard the gospel, brand new? And he was there in weakness and fear and much trembling. What could have happened? What might have happened? Maybe he had many nights of watching in prayer. He knew what he was talking about when he talked about that. Watching in prayer. Matthew 10, we won't turn there, verses 24 to 31. There they called the Lord Jesus the master there, Beelzebub. His master was Beelzebub. And the Lord eventually got to the point, you know, if they call the master that, what are they going to call you? And he said, fear not them that kill the body, but can't kill the soul. But fear him who is able to cast both into hell. Fear him. Now, you know, just because we can see people and just because they poke their faces and say their things and the media get all over Christians, if they can at all, don't fear them, but fear God. Be honest and truthful to him in his word. And remember those that were fearful in Judges 7, Gideon's army. Whosoever is fearful and afraid, go home. (laughs) Go home. But we need to pray for each other 
that the, the, the dread would be suppressed that we have of people. Uh, <clears throat> I don't really believe that any of us have an attitude where I'm right, I can just bold in there. We all have that somewhat of fear. You know, <clears throat> Andrew, he's, he might be listening right now. <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm not the sort of person you see me to be. He said, I was quite timid <laughs> and didn't approach people. He said, it's not me. <laughs> it's not me. And that is interesting, isn't it? With the, we see the boldness that he has in going and speaking to people. But there's that trembling in the heart. It's even Paul said that there. Third thing, and last one for tonight. So prayer shortens distance, distances. Prayer suppresses dread. And prayer shatters difficulties. <laughs> There are inherent difficulties in preaching the truth of God's word. We read there, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may speak, open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery. A mystery. And we've talked of the mystery before. But uh, if something's a mystery, that's people don't know. It's a mystery. So the, the difficulty is... Getting people to see what this mystery is about. Helping them to comprehend and understand with the words we share and the word of God that we share with them. Have the, the Bible verses that are pertinent to testifying to people, have them right on the tip of your tongue. Have them memorized. Uh, I remember standing right there, probably with this in the TV, we moved the chairs away. And I hadn't had any time to prepare and you don't have a Bible. And the Bible says, <laughs> but you just have to go from memory and, ha and have those things there that the Lord lays on your heart. I know it was when they went out to preach the gospel of the kingdom in the uh, apostles' early choosing and the Lord sent them out two by two. He said, Nathan, don't prepare anything. Uh, some preachers might be like that. <laughs> Shallow message. The Bible now says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And let the Lord use what you've studied. The preparations of the heart belong to man. The answer is from the Lord on the occasion of the need. So as we prepare ourselves, as we study approved workmen, then God gives the answer to us, to the people, that utterance might be given unto us. And uh, the mystery might come out of our mouth and, and people see, ah, I can see it. <laughs> I don't know, if you've talked to an unsaved person and trying to explain the gospel, trying to the, get them to see, trying to have the scales fall off their eyes, and it's just like you're hitting a wall. <laughs> and you pray that God would open their eyes, especially the rallies, to things. Um, <clears throat> if you go back to chapter 3, where Paul spoke of this, that had been given to him this mystery in chapter 3 and we read them often to point out the mystery the word is used three times in verse 3, verse 4 and over in verse 9 of chapter 3 of Ephesians and verse 2 it reads if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me toward you how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote a four in few words a mystery is something that's not known, isn't it? A mystery that is, is something that's been hidden. And now it's been revealed. 
by which when ye read ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. What is the mystery of Christ? It's the mystery of the gospel. Because he read, we read on, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. That's the mystery, that they might get saved, that Gentiles might get saved, may all be one, Jew, Gentile, and uh, from all over the world, any country, any person, that they can be partakers of the promises in Christ by the gospel. That's what Paul asked for prayer for. And prayer would shatter the difficulties. Now, Paul could speak Nero's language. And he didn't have the problem of language. But he needed the wisdom of God to be able to talk to this guy. He wasn't a dummy. And he had arguments, probably for it. But Paul had been before. He'd been before Felix. He'd been before Agrippa. He'd been before these Romans before. And he got them to the point <laughs> where Felix trembled. And Paul was able to stay, say to one of them, I know you know these things. You're not in the dark about this stuff that's going on around here. You know the gospel. He was able to at least say that to one of them because he knew where they were at. Isn't it good to be able to go into <laughs> a situation? And he had the, as you read it in Acts, he had the upper hand in speaking. God was with him. That utterance might be given unto him. And uh, <clears throat> prayer shatters the difficulties. God working on our behalf with us as we share the good news. Um, it's very important that we pray as we go. Um, Matthew 13 and verse 11, we won't go there. But there is talked, the gospel is talked about as being a mystery to people. And in fact, there, that's where he started. Yes, he, the Lord started speaking to them in parables. And he said, and the disciples said, why are you doing that? You hadn't done that to them. They said, because to you it is given to understand. But to them, they've had their opportunity. They've had a couple of thousand years of the truth of God. And from now on, it's going to be hidden from their eyes. And, and <laughs> Andrew's over there battling against the very command of God for them to be blinded. But one day, hopefully, the seeds that have been sown will open their eyes and that they will be saved in the church or saved after the church is gone. And they, <clears throat> What does it take to open the eyes of people? Um, we haven't got time. We'll, we'll go through them next, next time. Some of the inherent difficulties in communic communicating the mystery of the gospel. And the first one, and there's seven of them I have here, but man's dullness of hearing. The man's dullness of hearing in Acts chapter 28, and we'll close with this one, Acts 28 and verse 26. We read there, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is Wax gross. That's a good word. <laughs> gross. Their heart is just plain gross. And their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. 
It could have happened, but it didn't. God blinded them with a judicial blindness until the time appointed, and it's not yet. But God still saves some by his grace. Paul said, look, I'm saved. I'm a Jew. I got saved. It's ho- there's hope for them. If Paul got saved, there's hope for anyone, isn't there? He would he call himself the chiefest of sinners. So let's pray. Let's earnestly pray for those in and around our influence, but also the missionaries and their ministries and the people that they affect with the truth of the word. Uh, like we mentioned John McKay before, how we had to go and learn the language, write the language, and then teach the people to read and write their own language and then give them the gospel. You, you sort of want to jump in real quick and do it. No, he patiently plugged away at teaching and look at the result. There's little churches starting all over around there where the locals are going out, have been trained to do it and teach. And, uh, and the Lord's using him in that way. Uh, pray for Andrew over there. Different approach, different people. Different culture. But pray for him as they as the word is is shared.